This is The Blunt Doctor Show. On a Wednesday. And a cool Wednesday because for once we are introducing a brand new guest. Which is something that I enjoy doing and I don't know if I've ever done it on a Wednesday. I probably have done it on a Wednesday. I just, you know, we always talk about on a Wednesday are the good podcasts. So today it's on a Wednesday and a new guest. I don't know if those things usually coincide or not, but it's cool. If I had fans, one of them would go back and be like, I've actually analyzed and most of your new episodes occurred on Wednesdays, so I'd be proven wrong. But whatever, I don't give a fuck. It is the middle of an enjoyable week as NBA Media Day is occurring across the league and teams are ramping up for the season. And I wanted to talk to one of my friends who's a Rocket Super fan and just a general NBA content genius dude who has a lot of cool shit to say and we're just gonna go ahead and dive right in let's bring in Dell and now coming in and because I I don't I don't love the Rockets and I don't hate the Rockets and I don't love the Rockets dysfunction and I don't hate the Rockets dysfunction but I just enjoy all things Rockets it's always a good time so for Like, I've had three guests in my last three episodes, now four, and two of these four are going to be about the Rockets, because it's just that enjoyable. Super fan, super fan, Rockets super fan, Dell, what's up, man? How you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. And, uh, you know, exactly what you said is exactly why the Rockets are uh, Twitter's most relevant NBA team. I don't care what anybody has to say. No matter what's going on, the Rockets somehow come up in the conversation. So, I, you know what, I find that to be completely valid. I, I personally, as as a member of Suns Twitter, as a diehard Suns fan, my two favorite NBA Twitter fan bases are Pistons Twitter and Rockets Twitter. And my favorite thing in the world is that right now those two Twitters hate each other, which I enjoy <laughs> <laughs> because of Jalen Green. But, but overall, it's. I, I love Rockets Twitter because it's one of the most active fan bases, one of the most diehard, beloved fan bases. I enjoyed, you know, the whole Russell Westbrook is garbage. James Harden should have won all the MVPs and then Westbrook oh gets traded to Houston. And I, I've enjoyed all of that as an outsider. So are you... You know what? Okay, we'll get there in a minute. Let's let's okay, start with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Okay, question one. Let's start with you. What made you a Rocket super fan? Like the moment that, or or what is it that, when you think to yourself, "Oh man, that's when I became a Rockets guy." What was it? Honestly, like when I was growing up in the '90s, um, I got into basketball like right after the Rockets won uh, the back-to-back titles. So I was just kind of like, I was a little ass kid um, and I'm born and raised in Houston, Texas. And my mom was obsessed with Michael Jordan um, to the point where when he came back, she got like a giant uh, signed autographed picture of Michael Jordan and put it in the house. And I was like, no, no, I'm, I'm going to ride with my city. It's Hakeem all day. Your mom is a fucking legend, though. Let's just be clear. <laughs> Let's just be clear about that. Continue. But that had to be said. Yeah. Yeah. So my mom was the person that got me into sports. Like, uh, it was just 
uh, me and her growing up. So she was like, yeah, I'm going to take you to like baseball games and basketball games and things like that. So it was pretty much from then on. Uh, and then when I was a teenager, um, that was when Yao Ming was coming up. So I went to his last ever playoff game. Um, and it was very bittersweet because they could have beat the Lakers in that series if Yao didn't go down hurt. But, you know, that's, that's so the life of a Rockets fan. So, yeah, so your, like, formation as a Rockets fan was during the Tracy McGrady-Yao era, which is yeah. – and, and, like, like Tracy McGrady is, like – I don't know, one of my favorite three NBA players ever or something like I like I don't know anyone who doesn't love Tracy McGrady, right? But those were right. brutal seasons. So yeah. you so you understand like like you understand the pain of being a Suns fan too, although you have a couple of titles. Right. You, it came after it came before you though, so you didn't get to experience them. It's a little different. Right, right, right. Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, it, it's like the Suns fans uh, that got to see this this finals run, like, you know, the Barkley era stuff was like a little earlier, you know, like yeah. the previous generation. So it came just I mean, I was I was a little kid on, yeah. on you know, when that occurred. And and so, yeah, it's it's very similar for me. I get it, except you still at least have two rings to hang your hat on but hey, what you but hey you know what all of the all of the disappointing first round exits with tracy and yao on the team uh really makes it feel like the team didn't win two championships at all those um, those were brutal i mean i i would i think that probably the mcgrady and yao teams and the nash and amari teams are those two kind of era that those how none of those teams came out with the title is i mean and the answer is the spurs but fuck them but (laughs) you know but i it is it is kind of amazing and i i always think that's interesting it's it's funny too because obviously both rockets titles also came with you know, they beat the Suns in the playoff series both times those years. So it's like, it's one of those teams. It's like, I feel a kinship with Rockets fans. And then I'm like, but wait, also, <laughs> you know, it, yeah. it gets dicey <laughs> if you go through every single playoff series. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's funny because I saw so many Rockets fans uh, rooting for the Suns this past year because they got Chris Paul. So it, it was a very funny situation. I'm like, man, the Suns would have a championship probably if it wasn't for the Rockets. So, you know, I just, I just think it's, it's funny that we found ourselves in this like full circle moment. Yeah. Like I've been rooting for the Suns in the past season since the beginning of the season. I thought y'all had, and you know this, cause we like, you know, of course, but of course, but I was, I was a big Suns guy during the regular season. And I was like, they're going to beat the Lakers because the Lakers don't have chemistry. And then that happened. So yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, you know, I, I couldn't, it, it, it still boggles my mind that everyone is like shocked by that and tries to pretend, well, 80 got hurt. They literally had the lead when 80 went out, whatever, you know, I, I can say, this is the thing, man, is like, I can sit here and you know, the thing that kills me the most, the thing that really kills me, I'm just, is, yeah. I, and I've said this like 80 times, I'm still going to say it again, whatever is midway through last season. I was like, please, 
please trade for Jamil, JaVale McGee. Cleveland is not playing him. We need someone who is seven foot tall to stand in the lane for seven minutes a game. Please, please just get JaVale McGee. And they got Tory Craig instead, who was awesome. But ultimately, right. in the end, we had four of that guy. And not that I love Tory Craig. I'm not trying to bash Tory Craig. I love him. I'm just saying, like, I... I'm like a JaVale McGee truther that if the Suns had JaVale, they might have won. And everyone side-eyes me when I say that. And they're probably right. But like, you know, I've been drinking a lot since the Suns lost that final. So, you know, I got to come up with a whole lot of arguments to deal with that. So, <laughs> hey. hey, no, I feel you. I mean, that's that's kind of what Rockets fans went through in the bubble where they got smashed by the Lakers. Everybody was like, yeah, if we just had somebody like Nerlens Noel, then you know, maybe it could have made some bit of a difference, not saying that they would have beat the Lakers with just Nerlens Noel, but the fact that, uh, you know, Daryl Morey and Mike D'Antoni didn't want to, I don't know, do something to actually put the team over the hump uh, still boggles my mind, but that's, that's a whole, I guess, different topic. <laughs> so, But, but, but that leads me into one question. Okay. Wait, we'll, we'll get there in a minute. Let's, you are, Let's we'll finish out on you. Then we're just going to dive into the Rockets. We're going to dissect this. Okay. But So tell All me, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. so you are, you are an actor, a photographer, your personal passions, what drives you? Like, I love photography as well, but it's something I do like, like I love to take road trips and sometimes I see a road and I drive for a mile and I take pictures, but it's not something I don't, I'm not good at it. Like what, what yeah. drives you in those professions? Both of them. I'm very curious um photography I think it started when I was in high school I remember for whatever reason I got a camera going into my freshman year of high school and on the way to the school I just saw so many things and I was like man somebody needs to take a picture of this and I was like I should just be the one that takes a picture of this uh so so that's how I did that and acting completely by accident I stopped playing sports I was already a writer as a teenager um and i would often look at actors and be like damn i wish i could do that and then i needed to go for to school for something in college so i was like yeah i guess i'll just try it and ever since then i mean it's it's just been something that i've taken to because i think the competitive nature in me is like i want to be the best actor on the planet type shit so yeah i i that's and that's awesome to me like i always love like the craft of acting but never felt like i could figure out a way to like i never understood i, I get so frustrated with things i end up yelling about whatever random shit that goes on like i never understood really good actors how they inhabited another person and it's so cool when you know you you have that ability to 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 be someone else it's like that's why i always enjoyed writing it's like because i could put it down on the page and then I'm like, someone else will bring that to life. But you've done both of those things. Like you've, you've written and you've acted. Is that, have you, have you ever like written a character and then acted them? Cause that seems like it would be difficult to inhabit both sides of that. Yeah. Um, I've only done it for like short film projects at school. Like, you know, just to skits and things like that. Way easier to do a skit than to do like a, uh, like a full dramatic thing or, or a movie but yeah I I really don't like seeing myself on camera <laughs> like I guess that's the writer in me that's like oh I'm not like what is this I'm not Denzel Washington um, <laughs> but yeah like 
I, I am interested. There are some stories that I think like only I can tell from mm -hmm. both sides of it. And I think that, yeah, one day I'll get there, but, but I haven't done it yet. No. Is there, is there something you've done either acting or writing really that um, was, or what was the most meaningful thing that you've done, I guess, on either side of those? I'm curious, like, is there something that stands out to you that was like, man, I did this and I hit a home run? Um, I wrote like sometime last year in quarantine, I wrote some, uh, poem that I put out, um, just, you know, about like being black in this country, being a guy with, uh, expectations of toxic masculinity in this country. Like, I wrote something like that. Um, and I put it out and I was like, damn, this might be the best thing I ever wrote. Um, <laughs> and I just got done doing a show. Uh, about a guy who has a story like a life story pretty close to mine like growing up with a single mother and all that except it uh it goes way into left field so you know um yeah it's just kind of stuff like that where you get to where you feel like you did something that's rewarding in real life through the path that you took um and I'm trying to get there with basketball too now I never thought I would be like a basketball content person like on basketball twitter um but i'm i'm loving it and it it feels enriching in my real life which is what i just want everything to be i guess so and that that's awesome because it seems like you found like the ability to i mean like tell your own story and you know live your own truth through like the projects that you want to do which i think is like mm -hmm. really cool like like you said, like, for example, like, you know, doing a show or whatever that's about, you know, someone who's like you, like, that must be, I guess, I mean, fulfilling, enriching, like, you must, I guess, I mean, I, some of those things are subjects I can't even personally comprehend, right? Like, I, like, obviously, yeah, yeah. I, I understand, like, the nature of it, but I could never understand, like, what it means to be a Black man in America. I can understand the toxic masculinity stuff, but I can't understand those two things combined. And so right, it must right. be it must be overwhelming at times like to do all of that yeah yeah for sure i did a show they literally had um mental health counselors backstage uh after our performances because they're like you guys need this um and bear in mind like you know when you work on jobs that have money they can do that you work on jobs that don't have money you're gonna have to figure that shit out yourself so, right. so yeah um so yeah it is it is taxing sometimes um but you just got to find the right people around you to to take away from those feelings of like uh dourness and, and melancholy when you're outside of that so and it was have, and, have good friends yeah and it was i guess then it was just sort of your love for the game itself and performing that kind of led you to like now like you know, obviously i see you posting videos and stuff all the time is that kind of those two things together sort of like lead you to it yeah yeah i um <clears throat> i really because i started by playing sports um like I, I played sports in school and then i stopped uh to be a performer but it, it's kind of all of those things right you know like playing sports, um, getting to perform something and, and being a writer. Like I 
did nonfiction like reporter type stuff on the side of trying to be a screenwriter growing up. So I was like, yeah, I can come out here. I can talk about this. Like, I, I feel like I have a pretty good keen eye for what I'm seeing. Uh, and there's a lot of like bullshit. I mean, you know, for the lack of a better word, like there's a lot of people just saying dumb stuff or like trolling or, you know, just throwing a hot take out there. And I was like, man, <laughs> there can be a way more nuanced or rational discussion about this. So yeah, I kind of said that, fuck it, I'll do it. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it, no, it's true. I mean, because there's so much that I, I mean, I, I obviously, I, you know, anyone who knows me knows I've been guilty of it at times. Like I go on Facebook and post something ridiculous just to mess with people because I can't stand the ringer NBA Facebook group. But, you know, there's obviously, you know, we, we all do whatever. But it's also true, like when you literally sit there with someone and say, OK, I really want to discuss this stuff. And, uh, you know, you get these kind of just people love to recite the same bullshit you know jordan six and oh in the finals i know that's not but that kind of shit like that stuff like permeates the entire discussion to the point that you like literally can't talk to anyone about anything without i have this one straw man argument that i'm gonna fall back on and i'm just gonna live yeah. on this argument all the time and it gets frustrating yeah yeah, yeah. people miss out on a lot of good stuff by wanting to be right yeah like like that's that's just the the stupidity of the world i guess yeah i think i'm guilty of that a lot with my with my mute button i want to i want to ask you one more <laughs> question before we go into the rockets though you mentioned okay, one so. thing i find really interesting you quit sports to become a performer that had to be like really difficult what what sports were you quitting and then that was just to become a writer or a writer and an actor? I'm just curious. That seems like a really difficult thing to do in, in this world, specifically when referencing like the toxic masculinity thing. Yeah. Yeah. My family was not happy about it. Um, <laughs> I played football and baseball. Um, my height limited me in middle school to play basketball. Um, and it was, it was like the third sport I was interested in anyway. Um, and a kid like fell on my leg in like middle school in like a middle school like basketball game. And I was like, nope, not doing this anymore. People can just fall on me. Not cool. <laughs> um, so I went for a surefire injury by playing football. So um, <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I, I got to like my uh, freshman year of high school and they wanted me to be a lineman and i'm like bro i'm short and i just started working out this year i don't know what you expect me to do with that uh, so I, I quit that and for baseball like baseball was the first sport that i like truly fell in love with hmm. and it was it was a decision where like the major system is <clears throat> like the major minor system the the draft is so weird in baseball you can spend like five years in the minors before you come up and i didn't want to do that. that 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 was like the sports equivalent of going to med school like i'm not i'm not doing that with my life so i quit to write and be a dancer like i was a dancer and a dance reporter um and <laughs> was not making any money and 
decided to go to acting school to give that a shot. And now I make like, you know, $2 instead of zero. So. <laughs> I, yeah, no, don't worry. Like I, yeah, my, uh, my my claim to fame as a screenwriter is that I was under contract with a manager for a year who was unable to sell my screenplay. So it's really hey, <laughs> hey that's that's great because I'm currently uh, I have an agent who can't book me any jobs. So. Oh my god, we should put them together. Can you imagine the show they could put together for us that would never be seen? Oh my god, we could do literally every single thing in front of no one in an auditorium that was never booked. Um, <laughs> so let me ask you this. Let's just dive. Let's just do it. Yeah, this yeah. is a question that I'm, I honestly, so normally when I, you know, I bring people on here and stuff and I ask them questions, like, I feel like I know the answer or I, you know, I at least sort of understand and, you know, I want to kind of get to the bottom of it, but I honestly yeah. don't know your answer to this question. And I'm very curious. Mm -hmm. Do you hate Daryl Morey? Do you respect anything that he did? Is he just like, like, was it like, fuck this guy forever? Or is it like, you're just mad now? Because I'm just very curious. Like, when you think of Daryl Morey, like, what is it? This is a great question because... I know it's my... a great question. That's why it was my first sports question because I had to know the answer. My, my best friend in this entire world texted me recently and he doesn't know the answer to this question <laughs> he, he he was he texted me and he was like why do you have so much smoke for daryl morgan <laughs> and and truth be told i i loved daryl morey when he was in houston despite all of his flaws and his faults I was one of those people that would, I would go to war for some of the decisions that he made. But it, it changed when he traded Chris Paul and four picks to OKC. Right. Um, because do you blame him for that? Like, do you blame him for not holding up against <sighs> Tillman and Harden and saying, you guys are crazy? Yeah, I, I mean, I honestly, I do, because he could have quit in that moment and still had gotten the Philadelphia job. Like, That's true. yeah, like they weren't going to keep Colangelo over Daryl Morey. Like, come on. <laughs> so, um, so, I can't yeah. believe that Elton Brand, like, I, I thought, I couldn't believe, I, I, you know, no judgment on Elton Brand. I just couldn't believe that. He was just like, yeah, Daryl Morey can come in. I like Philadelphia. It's <laughs> right. crazy to me. Whatever, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know what the deal is with Elton Brand sitting there while Daryl Morey makes all of the moves and is at all of the press conferences. Um, makes no sense. But yeah, that that Chris Paul Russell Westbrook trade to me it was the signal that like, oh, this dude is just doing whatever James Harden wants. And I know that Rockets fans go back and forth on like, oh, well, you know, Tillman and Harden like ganging up on him. What was he supposed to do? I'm like, you don't have to attach four picks. Like, come on, four picks for a one-to-one -one swap. Like, I know that everybody was down on Russ and PG after, you know, the Blazers eliminated them. But like, 
it just made no sense. And then he leaves right after doing that. And I was like, nah, I can't, I can't, I can't deal with that. Like, I don't hate him right now, but I do want people to acknowledge that he's not as good as we thought he was. Um, that That's it, I guess. I mean, he does like, like Bob Myers built the Warriors. Mm-hmm. And like no one even talks about him as one of the top GMs in the league. I know that they had help from Jerry. I, I, and I understand it wasn't all him. I right. get that. But still, like right. he was the GM of a, you know, a dynasty. And and people talk about Daryl Morey like, oh, my God, he's the greatest GM ever. And I think there's a certain level where it's like, dude, you got you to gotta actually get over the hump before we're going to like yeah. give yeah. him all the credit in the world. Yeah, I mean, everybody loves to talk about the fact that the Warriors beating the Rockets is the only reason the Rockets don't have a ring. And while I agree with that, um, I still don't think we should let a GM off the hook for getting bounced over and over by the same team and not figuring out the roster construction necessary to make that go away. Especially when Golden State was able to develop their talent and the Rockets were just like, well, we're going to punt on the idea of developing talent at all. And I know that part of that has to do with D'Antoni because he did the same thing in Phoenix where he's just like, yeah, I'm not going to develop rookies. Like, but you also Mm -hmm. chose that coach. Right. Right. Yeah. That's the thing. I mean, and, and that was the big thing that I hated about the Maury and D'Antoni pairing. Um, I, from the minute it was speculated, did not want the Rockets to hire Mike D'Antoni. I was like, this is not going to go well. And it has no, it's like no disrespect to him as a coach. I'm not, I don't hold the opinion that a lot of people have where it's like, oh, he can't win in the playoffs. No, he can. He's just has to have like his innovative maximize system work on like the first shot or else people are going to specifically attack that in the playoffs. And that's what the Warriors did. Like the Rockets had one good shot at beating them. And after that, it was done. Like you just, that's the risk you run with the Mike D'Antoni team where like it can be going so perfectly. And then, you know, your point guard gets hip checked into the scorer's table or your point guard suddenly like gets his hamstring blown out in the middle of a game. Like don't hire that. <laughs> yeah. I And you know, when, when they fired, um Kevin McHale yeah and they were looking at coaches you know and obviously Dan Tony was in the job but I'm sure you remember too like at the last minute they interviewed Steven Silas yeah and he fucking blew them away and I was at the time I was like please please hire Steven Silas don't hire Mike fucking Dan Tony don't do this thing again and to Mike Dan Tony's credit he took Harden from all-star to MVP and all of those things. But I still wonder to this day, if Steven Silas had gotten to coach that team when Harden was coming up in his prime before they had mortgaged the entire future, I wonder about that a lot. And I know that that's a stupid, like what if thing, but I, I think about that a lot because everyone yeah. forgets that Steven Silas almost got this job last time. Yeah. And that thing always drives me crazy because I'm like, I'm like such a fucking like I'm like 
running down the street like Steven Silas, Steven Silas. I've just always been such a huge fan of him as an assistant. Right. Every single team he was on did better. And I just think about that a lot. And I, it bummed me out that I never got to see him really coach a James Harden team. That bummed right. me out. Yeah, I mean, like, all, all people need to to know to know that Steven Silas would have been the right pick at that time is he had like a year and a half with Luka Doncic and produced the best offense in NBA history. So, and then the Mavs fell apart when he left. Right. (laughs) Right. Exactly. And then like, imagine what would happen if he got to coach James Harden, like prime Harden. Oh my God. Right. Right. That's like a 35, 10 and 10 sort of, you know, he would have put up monster numbers, but he just, yeah. Was the, and that you know what pisses me off a little bit about that and again i'm not a rockets fan so whatever but it's like you know they kind of originally floated jeff van gundy and he was like no mm. no no get that motherfucker away from me and they were like what about steven silas and he was like that's better but you basically have to hire john lucas or i'm out of here and it's just sort of like yeah. you know it's yeah i mean and what's so confusing about that is that john lucas is still on the staff so I don't I don't understand what what his complaint as a superstar was. It's like ah, promote this assistant to head coach, or else I'm I can't do anything. Like, yeah, isn't isn't that what Luca tried to do with Jamal Mosley too before they yeah. hired he tried, before, yeah. before they hired Jason Kidd? What a disaster that's going to be! Oh, um, oh yeah, yeah, no, yeah, oh my god, dude, dude, I can't. What are they thinking? I whatever. I, it's, I, I honestly can't wait for the first Luca Jason Kidd on court screaming match. It's going to be great. Oh my God. Yeah. It's going to be fantastic. I'm going to have the popcorn Terrell Owens style. Um, so I'm just curious. So you're, you hate Tillman, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a fan. Okay. To say the least. <laughs> For sure. I mean, yeah. I I yeah. feel like I feel like it's a basic question, but I just have to verify. Like it, it, you know, it's, it's one yeah, of those I mean, I mean, you know, I guess credit to him, he's getting better, but I I'm still of the opinion of like, bro, as long as you're just not here, because he even like did a media day interview with a local radio station. And I was like, why are we talking to him? Like he's he's not he's not relevant and he seems to understand that i mean he hired two black men to lead his team and he said i'm not in it like i am not engaged in anything i don't i don't i don't try to run this team the way that i did in the past and that's another reason why um i think philly fans need to calm down with that bullshit that daryl morey fed to the media about the rockets not wanting to trade Harden over there um that's another reason why I'm fed up with Daryl Morey is because he knows of Tillman's perception so he kind of throws stories out there to be like hey by the way the Rockets owner is a piece of shit and we don't need to go through that anymore everybody knows that right so you 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 have faith in Rockets leadership then now not obviously not Tillman I mean but who's Mm-hmm. who's in charge now the reason i ask all these questions is just because like i had my you know uh, my friend christian recently and she was just you know she fucking hates tillman and you know it's it's a whole thing and she's just like this motherfucker and it's it's just funny 
but you know her 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 perception or you know right or wrong or whatever but she is like squarely on ever since this dude has bought the team everything has fall apart and she's not wrong in that oh, yeah. in that regard but it seems like you especially with like the way things have been kind of quickly rebuilt right now around KPJ and stuff like that. It's like, I just, when I see you talk about it, it feels like you have a little bit less angst about the way things have been done for say like the last six months. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I think Rockets fans have gotten too used to winning. Um, And the winning was so intoxicating that nobody was looking at the problems that were happening while they were winning. Um, You know, for all of the good that Harden brought to the team with his uh, consistent playoff runs and MVP type seasons, like the dude was a toxic lead figure and Daryl Morey was a toxic executive. And Mike D'Antoni, if you're like under 27 years old was a toxic head coach so (laughs) so i just i think (laughs) sorry i can't that was uh, i'm sorry that was funny okay continue i apologize i didn't mean to interrupt but i just died no you're good you're good um yeah i just think that uh rafael stone anytime he talks um he's like yeah, man, I am just a straight up guy. Like I played basketball. Yeah, sure. I'm on this analytics side and I'm a front office executive and I got a bunch of degrees and all that shit. But like, I know what hoopers are. And if I see somebody that I think has skill on a basketball court, I'm interested in talking to them. And he actually follows through and talks to the players, something that Daryl Morey never really did. So yeah, yeah I think- I think that's better for the team. Yeah. No, I, I think I I would say that Daryl Morey focused way more on his relationship with the media than ever on his relationship with the players. Oh, and yeah. that was yeah, basically sure. the entire problem, right? Because it's like, it's not a math problem. These are people, yeah. you know? And, yeah. it's, and it just never, I, I do feel like his treatment of players like assets is, you know, basically the problem. I think it's, caused the problems in Philadelphia at this point. Like, I understand that, you know, in a sense, like a player contract is an asset. I get that. But like the player himself is not an asset. He's a person. And I think those things get lost with Daryl Morey. It's like, I've acquired you. And three weeks later, I'm going to do every single thing I can to package you for someone else. It's like, okay, great, man. And, you know, I think, I think that stuff does matter. Um, what do you what do you feel about the Rockets right now? Like what is your what is your hottest Rockets take? Like I'm just curious because the reason I asked this question is because I feel like if I asked 90% of Rockets fans, it would be like hyper negative. Uh-huh. I feel like you're about to tell me, like, yeah. man, the Rockets are going to the playoffs. Like I that's why I'm at <laughs> like like what is what is your hot what is, okay, what is your rocket hot take? That was fucking terrible. I have to be smashed <laughs> in the face for the pun. I'm sorry. It's, it's fine. No. Uh let's see. Let's see. What hot take do I have? Um okay. I guess this is a hot take because everybody's ranking them at the bottom of the league. I think that they are going to win 30 games this season. I can I, see I, that. Yeah, I think that that is a more than realistic possibility. Um, And I guess 
I guess because I said this to my friend and he felt like it was a hot take, but I don't think it is. Uh, I think Christian Wood is going to average like 23 and 12. Okay. Okay. So, okay. So in your mind, do the Rockets have their big three? I know the big three is kind of a blah, 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 whatever, but like in your mind, do they have their core three players? I think right now, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna believe in the the self motivation that Christian Wood has. Um, I think right now, yeah, I don't think it's gonna be like the big three that wins them the championship unless okay. like uh, something miraculous happens. <laughs> but but for now, I I definitely think, and who knows in the next three years or so. But I, I definitely think that the three guys that they have at the top of the team now, um, they can do something in like two seasons. Like I wouldn't be surprised if they were a top four seed if they developed together two years from now. Are both KPJ and Jalen Green on the next uh, Rockets championship team? Ooh, both of those two. Yeah, I, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes. I mean, I think that's a fair assessment, honestly. Like, I, yeah, I, as far as the Rockets turnaround goes, I mean, it, it happened pretty well, pretty quickly. I gotta say, like, I mean, you know, you can't, you can't hate yeah. on any of that stuff. Yeah, I, yeah, I think the variable there is KPJ. Um, yeah. but, but he seems, uh, he seems super ready. I mean, he's like, he's six, six now. So he's, you know, he said that he's going to really try to improve his defense this year. So if he can do that, then yeah, they're, they're going to be the two max guys on the team. I mean, the honest worst thing that happened to that dude was going to Cleveland. Cause you know, that's where yeah. prospects go to die. <laughs> and I honestly feel like, you know, everyone tries to dog him about whatever happened. And I'm like, dude, he got, out of a garbage situation and onto a team that actually wants to like build his career. Like he didn't do anything wrong. Like, I'm sorry, but like being forced to work in a terrible workplace is not something any of us want. Like it's, you know, I don't, I don't blame any of that shit. And I, I, we all knew the talent was there. Like the only reason he dropped in the draft were because, you know, he had some maturity questions or whatever, but you know, the talent was always there. So now that his, I mean, the Rockets seem to understand how to communicate with him or whatever. And, you know, all these dudes, like, I mean, they're all kids. That's the thing that drives me crazy. It's like, right. it's oh like you're trying to, you're trying to expect an 18 or 19 year old to be a perfect human. And you know how it goes. It's like, what did he like showed up five minutes late for practice one time? And then they like put out a mm-hmm. press release and they're like, this guy's a problem. You know what right. I mean? It's like, so he got out of a team that, wanted nothing to do with him and treated him like garbage. And now he's in a good environment that's fostering his growth. Like I kind of like yeah. the Rockets. I gotta be honest. Yeah. I mean, everybody, like every NBA fan turns into a high school principal when their team <laughs> drafts a dude that is slightly mature. Um, they're all like, Oh, what a good kid. This guy is. He's so, he's so nice. And that's that's what the fucking Warriors were doing with James Wiseman. They're like, ah, he he was really good in the interview. He seems like a stand-up young man. <laughs> like, listen, if your if your team can't take in a player who has some character concerns and sets him on the right path, 
gets him to be mature, gets him to be, you know, that type of player in the future, then you like no team should be looking at a prospect and being like, he's immature or he has problems. So we're not going to draft him. You don't have faith in your own development system. If you're looking at players like that. Um, so, you know, and everybody's trying to do it with, with Jalen green because he scores points and he dresses outlandishly. Like the, the dude is 19 years old you know let him be a kid that is going to have the greatest quality of life he is he will ever see for the first time and they and it's gotten so much worse too like it used to be like oh well he had an incident where he was 18 years old and he was wasted drunk and driving and it was like okay well that shows a serious lack of judgment fair enough driving drunk is bad but now it's like Oh, he wore a suit and that suit was flashy yeah. as fuck. And my wife loved it. And I don't like that at all. Like the, you know what I'm saying? Like, it just doesn't it like it, they used to at least be like, if, if they found a character flaw or whatever, it would like, I understand a DUI is a character flaw because you shouldn't mm. drive drunk. Wearing a suit is not a character flaw. Being braggadocious mm. about your game is not a character flaw. And that's like how we've gotten, it's like the whole NFL drafting, like, Mm-hmm. how every single player they're like and tell us about the worst day of your life <laughs> like the minute you get drafted <laughs> right like, and so your yeah, grandmother yeah. died right your grandmother was <laughs> murdered tell us about when your grandmother was murdered like it's yeah it's so it's just all like manufactured like nobody's a human in the minds yeah. of any of these people it's like you're a you're a byline you're a story you're a screenplay whatever and yeah like you say, it's like if you don't have any faith in your ability to see through that bullshit, like I I do feel like like the Suns with Josh Jackson, for example, like he obviously had, you know, I don't know. I mean, you know, it didn't work out. But like I also like look at the Suns organization as like the whole organization is a piece of shit. How are you going to blame him? Like they couldn't <laughs> yeah, fucking right. do anything. Dragon Bender, Marquise Chris, Kendall Marshall, but it's all Josh Jackson's fault. Right. Like I'm just saying. Right. You know, anyway, dude, I could fucking go on Suns rants for all day. I need to stop. <laughs> oh no, no, no! I I appreciate it. No, I'm I'm the same way with the Rockets, and you know, I mean, like my thing is there. There's obviously a bunch of things that are on a you know uh, moral do not do list, and and we as people all understand those things, but. I, I wish NBA fans would stop treating morality as a competition because it seems like everybody's like, oh, well, my team is this and they don't employ these types of people, but your team does this. And I'm like, no, every team employs these type of people. Like every single team in the NBA has employed somebody with questionable morality or a questionable past in the past. So I'm not going to sit here and be like, ah, my team is this. Because, you know, all the Rockets players and everybody in the organization is vaccinated. But Tillman Fertitta is Donald Trump's best friend. So fuck him. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to get on Twitter and be like, ah, well, my team, you know, like, they're this and your team's not. Because it doesn't matter. I mean, that team isn't going to give me a trophy for them having some cool people there. 
Yeah. And, how I see it. And, no, and I and full disclosure, I'm not I, I use the DUI example because I mean like a DUI is an example that I, I think it's a credible example of someone like having bad judgment. But then you oh, see yeah. like yeah, like the sure. Eli Apple thing, like a few years ago when Eli Apple was drafted by the Giants and they were like, this dude can't even make a meal for himself. Who gives a shit if he can't? And and full disclosure, by the way, I'm not trying to drag anyone down who's ever made a mistake. I have a DUI. I did not drink. I didn't have a single drink, but I had gotten back from Europe from a business trip the night before. And I literally pulled up to a stoplight and I fell the fuck asleep. And I sat through that stoplight three times before a police officer knocked on my window. And I went to jail for my DUI and I dealt with all that bullshit. So I am not trying to sit here and judge or drag anyone down because I'm a stupid motherfucker who's made horrible decisions too. So all of those things, the fact that I did that when I was 19, certainly feel like a kid who actually has talent to do something should be able to get away with it when he's 19. So I'm not trying to drag anyone down. I'm just saying my DUI was news. So I figured, you know, college player (laughs) DUI would also be news. Uh, And that's like the worst day of my life. And I own it because I fucked up that day, even though again, no alcohol, but it doesn't matter in this state. But uh, yeah, I mean, but it would it would still be shitty if on draft night somebody pulled up and they was like, so uh, what about that time you got a DUI for <laughs> sleeping at a stoplight? Yeah, for real. <laughs> I, I mean, it's it's I mean, well, here's the thing. The only sport I would have been drafted into was hockey. So that probably would have like increased my draft stock. I probably would have gotten number one <laughs> overall for that. They would have been like, were there beer cans in the car? And I was like, no, they're like, we're dropping you to number 10. But <laughs> that's a nice little shot at hockey um let me ask you this um least favorite and favorite nba offseason move anything particular everyone knows my least favorite nba offseason move so i don't even okay need to say okay it, but- no 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 you, no you say it say it for me russell uh, I mean- fucking westbrook to the lakers okay okay let me rephrase that's yeah. that is both my favorite and least favorite move yeah, yeah, yeah. as I a, got you. as yeah. a suns fan favorite move in the world as a as a fan of basketball architecture, I have no fucking idea what the Lakers are doing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That that's not my least favorite move, um, but it is the one where I'm like, how do they expect this to work? Like, it seems like the Lakers are just throwing shit at the wall and hoping something sticks. Um, let me see. My least favorite move is probably Devonte Graham to the Pelicans. Ooh, yeah, that was a horrible move. That was yeah. an awful, awful contract that makes no sense. Yeah, boy, the Pelicans don't have a fucking clue what they're doing, huh? Right. <laughs> David Griffin just vibing over there. Yeah, dude, I like loved David Griffin before. Like, I really respected him, and like, um, that's not true anymore. <laughs> like. <laughs> Although I, you know, the one thing I'll say in his defense, like, dude, I was never Mm -hmm. a big Zion guy. And I don't, I don't think all that stuff is necessarily his fault. Like I kind of felt like some of the stuff you could kind of see coming, but obviously they had to take him, but like, man, if they took John Morant, like, I don't know. It's right. Yeah. No, I, I love their beef. Like the Griffin uh, Zion beef. It's been so, it's been an underrated, part of the off season because the ben simmons stuff has taken <laughs> all of the news but man like the fact that there will be somebody just coming out and being like yeah 
David Griffin said all of this about Zion and like how fat he is and how he doesn't like him. And then, and then you got people coming out with, I guess, response hit pieces where it's like Zion's family thinks that David Griffin's dumb as hell. So it's just, <laughs> it's just like this weird thing. Um, so that might be my favorite from an entertainment perspective. Um, like just the fact that they are just fucking up the whole team. Um, but we're, it's I, amazing. I, I guess my favorite move out of okay i'm i i want to give like answers that nobody would give so i'm gonna say alex caruso to the bulls really yeah okay tell yeah. me why that that i will that 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 really shocks me i'm surprised <laughs> um you get a guy that can be a backup uh defender uh you know his like he scores enough to justify having him be one of those guys for you off of the bench and yeah i know that some people don't like the money that they gave him but <laughs> at the same time uh i watched alex caruso defend james harden with his life uh, a lot in the past year <laughs> he's 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 annoyed the hell out of devin booker too for sure like he's yeah, yeah, yeah. he's a good defender yeah so i think for the bulls they need that type of player to actually give them something in the playoffs because you still don't know how the Levine uh, Vucevic combo is going to work. You hope that it's better with Lonzo and DeRozan there, but you are also heavily relying on Patrick Williams. So having Alex Caruso come in and be like a steady playoff tested, you know, veteran presence does a lot for them, I think. I think he'll have a really good year in Chicago. So what um, do you think about the whole DeMar thing, then? I I think that a lot of people are going to be surprised because they have not watched the Spurs. But DeMar is better than people remember him being, is what I'll say. I like it. But I also don't know how high up the Bulls can really get in the East because the East has just gotten so much better all around. So I think they might still be like a, a seven or possibly like a six seed. Um, just because I like I thought they were going to be an automatic playoff team. But then I like looked at the East and I saw it. No, I can't just make that automatic guarantee. It's. It's an, it's an interesting thing to me because like, I agree with you, like DeMar's gotten better, especially his passing. Yeah, like last yeah. year he was, you know, like a point forward almost. And mm -hmm. like, it's weird. Cause like you look at this Bulls team and it's like, they're going to have to basically run like an inverted offense where Vucevic yeah. and DeMar do like all of the facilitating. Yeah. And because like, you know, Lonzo, I don't know what he's not a point guard, you know, I, you know, I mean, Levine is, is a two guard. I mean, it's just, it's an interesting offense because there's passing, but there's not like, you know, there's enough. I mean, there's so few of them, obviously I know, but there's no Chris Paul. There's no, right, there's no Ricky right. Rubio. There's no offensive orchestrator. It's, it's a, there's going to, it's going to be a very, it's going to take a lot of work. This is going to take like a whole, this is one of those teams that, only works when you have all the right pieces flowing yeah. through the right offense. 
Yeah, yeah. But if they don't make the playoffs, uh, they need to fire Billy Donovan right away. Yeah, I've never been a big Billy Donovan guy, so I'm <laughs> I'm I'm fine with that. I, you know, I'm not yeah. a big. I've never really understood the Billy Donovan thing, so you know, uh, it's I. That was so weird to me. Like he was like, I don't want to stay around through a rebuild with the Thunder. Let me go to the Bulls. It's like, all right, yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, right. Those, yeah. yeah. I um, I'm curious. You live in D.C., correct? Yes. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts on the Bradley Beal thing? I know it's not your team, but I'm just curious, like the way, not, not the vaccination thing. I'm not talking about that. I just mean the general, <laughs> you know, I just mean the general situation, yeah. the way the media treats him, the way, uh, how it will all play out. I just, it's something that fascinates me because it's like, it seems like he really wants to stay there, but there's like virtually no mm-hmm. way he can, but I, I don't yeah. know. Like, I can't figure it out. Like, it's a weird thing to me. Yeah, a lot of Wizards fans got upset the other day because of that athletic article that came out about Russ going to L.A. And in that article, I guess there was a piece where they said that Russ was telling Brad to ask out. My thing with that is. I get it, you know, like. Obviously, I don't want Bradley Beal to leave because I do consider myself like uh, like the Wizards are my second team. I casually follow them, I guess I would say. But yeah, Bradley Beal, like he should go. And I think the team should restart. They should do something new. But I don't think he wants to leave. I think he just wants to take that max contract and he doesn't see, seem too concerned with winning too much. Um, you know, I would love to be wrong about that. And he just wants to win in DC. And he honestly thinks that this team can do it, but I don't see this team making the playoffs right now. So I feel like he's just destined to get fed up with it and ask for a trade. So yeah, the media has been back and forth with him. Like they'll be like, he he's underrated or then they'll say he's overrated and all he can do is score and I think it's just because he's not that flashy personality. He's never really dominated headlines until he said some dumb stuff. But yeah, it's, it's, it's very strange because nobody really pays attention to the Wizards. <laughs> <laughs> That's just the way it is. Um, I'm sorry to all my Wizards fans, but it, it's, it's that simple. Like nobody pays attention to the Wizards. So people barely know what type of player he even is. They just, you know, go off of the one game that they get nationally televised a year. I, um, yeah, I, I'm, I've always been a huge Beal guy. I'm just curious. This is just me being an asshole. I'm just yeah. curious. You've got, okay, the next, the next uh, seven years, let's go with. No, nah, that's not fair. The next five, six years, you are trying to put the final piece together on your championship team of a go-to scorer, and it's uh, Devin Booker, Bradley Beal, and they're both available for the same price to you. Which one do you go with? We all know my answer. I'm just curious what your answer is. 
I'm going with Devin Booker. Okay, good. Yeah, I've bullied you into the correct answer. Yes. No. <laughs> no. My man Brandon came on the show the other day, and he comes on here, and he's like, "You bullied me into picking this." Up. I'm like, "What are you drunk? I didn't bully you into anything." I I asked him, "I'm like, who do you think?" He's like, "I actually think the Suns will make the finals," and they did. And then he's like, "You right. bullied me." I'm like, "What are you? What are you talking about?" I'm like, "You you were correct. Why are you mad at me?" No. I yeah I I yeah. love Bradley Beal. I just that makes me feel good that at least I understand other people would say it. I'm just glad that mm. Devin Booker finally has the national respect. I'm like, all right, this oh, yeah. finals run, this finals run at least people now pay attention to Devin Booker, so I can sleep at least not well, but I can sleep at night. You know, it's it's all good. Yeah, I'm no, I standing like, in the street like a psycho, but. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I love Bradley Beal, too. And, you know, I watched every Wizards game this this past year, as well as every Rockets game. So there's a lot mm-hmm. of pain. But, <laughs> but as, as much as I love Brad, sometimes I, mean, I like to cut myself to see how much it bleeds. <laughs> Sorry, right. just Eminem right. stand. Just anyway, <laughs> that's what oh, that sounded God. like to me. I'm just... I was listening. I was listening to that song last night. Oh, my gosh. I assume as you um, watch uh, Rockets and Wizards footage, right? No, I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> hey, I had to deal with that for 10 years. As a son. I had to deal with the starting lineup that had Marquise Chris, Dragon Bender, Tyson Chandler, and fucking Tyler Dulles all at the same time. Okay. So it's just, oh I get it. Gosh. I get it. Yeah. It's a miracle I'm alive today. <laughs> yeah, man. But, but Devin Booker, I, because, you know, during the season, I was like, man, people have no idea how good Devin Booker is. Like, the playoffs are going to come around, and people are going to be surprised by what he does, by the jump that he's taken in, in defense, the way he sees the floor so much better. Like, his situational awareness is on point as a player. Like, I I was like, y'all, y'all like, when is everybody going to turn around and see that, like, Devin Booker is is ready to be an all NBA player like next year. Like it, it's gonna happen. And and I love that, but my big my biggest vindication this year was still I've I've been saying this since it happened. And I, I know that the Suns will never get over the whole Luca Aiton thing. I know. But okay. I, I've told people forever, I said, I understand, but DeAndre Aiden is made for the playoffs. I get all of it. I understand. He is mm-hmm. made for the playoffs. Just wait till he plays in a playoff series and you will see that his value has basically nothing to do with the regular season. And I I feel very vindicated on that because he was fucking awesome. And, and I hope it continues, but that was the one thing I was like his game. He is the one dude in the league outside of like, you know, maybe Joel Embiid who can defend everyone and stay on the perimeter in game seven against now i know they didn't win the finals but Mm -hmm. i I mean (laughs) it's hard to argue with what ayton did and so that was my i've been that that opinion was really starting to crash and burn when the suns couldn't even (laughs) make the playoffs so so it really i really kind of came back on that one so that was good but uh yeah. That, that that made me feel happy, man. I was I, I was about to be I was about to be broken, but let me okay. So let me ask you this though. I we touched on it for up? a moment. Mm-hmm. How the Lakers thing, the the Russell yeah. Westbrook Lakers thing. Like, do, yeah, yeah. The only way I could 
I'll just say this. Like, I love the fucking Malik Monk signing, for example. Oh, yeah. I love the Kendrick yeah. Nunn signing. Like, they did a couple mm-hmm. of things that are home runs. And in my opinion, they're going to be completely buried because the Lakers are going to feel the need to play Russell Westbrook. And I think that's the problem is that they're going to do the thing where they play the wrong players too much. Yeah. How, how can that, that can, can the Lakers win a title with Russell Westbrook playing 30 plus minutes a game? Let me ask you that. I say um, no. I I think that they can. It's just that the other pieces need to be what they should be. Um, the weird thing about this this Lakers team is that I feel like the organization, and you know, they're gonna run like this as long as he's there, obviously. But like they're running it as if it's LeBron's team when they should start treating it like it's Anthony Davis's team. Mm, mm. Like so you would you would you would build around AD. First of all, at this point, sorry, not to interrupt. Yeah, just... yeah, no, okay. no, yeah, exactly. I, I would shift to building around AD, and you're not phasing LeBron out. It's just that you you're not going to hire a bunch of his 36 year old friends to play on the team with him. Like, this isn't a way for them to actually uh, compete with a team like the Nets. You know, like, it's just not going to happen like that. If if those two squads are healthy, that Lakers team is getting run out of there in five games. Like, it's not, it's like, just not happening. Like, Melo didn't sign a contract to sit on the bench. Like, straight up, right. like, Melo's not right. there to do nothing. He's there to play, and he can't. Like, if this team yeah. was, if it was like Kendrick Nunn and Malik Monk and LeBron James and Anthony Davis and any other forward slash center, however you want to do it, like mm-hmm. I'm starting to be like, oh shit, I don't want any fucking part of that team. But right. it's not going to be that team. It's going to be some ridiculous mass unit of old guys while the actual dudes who could be growing and filling in or sitting on the bench. I just don't, it doesn't yeah. make sense. Like, yeah, this, I mean, this team, may, yeah, make a, make a movie about them or something. Like it's the <laughs> basketball expendables, <laughs> but they're not going to win the title. <laughs> <laughs> It's just, it's just not happening. Oh my god, I'm gonna die! You had to, <laughs> you did not warn me that I wasn't gonna be able to breathe for this. Oh my god, basketball <laughs> expendables! Oh my god, I, I will say the one, the one thing I'll give the Lakers. I did see someone posted like, you know, they showed like the, it was like the '98 Bulls and. You know, Uh Jordan's 36 and Ron Harper's 35 and Dennis Rodman's 30, whatever. And I was just like, that is fair. But did any of you watch 90s basketball? Just curious. Right. Because it's slightly different from the game today. Like, I don't know if you noticed, but 37-year-olds get beat on defense a little more often these days. Um, Yeah. And I'm not even trying to – I'm not – I'm with you. Like, I don't – I don't think it's about facing LeBron now. I just think like, like at this stage of his career, I don't, I mean, I don't know. I, I like I've ruled I, I'm against the whole let's count LeBron out. Cause I've watched Tom mm-hmm. Brady do too many things at this point that I'm just like, yeah. all right, man, LeBron might do whatever, but we yeah. know at the very least, he's literally the best Swiss army knife in the entire league in every mm-hmm. single way. Like he can do yeah. legitimately everything still. So it's yeah. like, 
I just don't understand why you're trying to minimize that by giving the ball to Russell Westbrook. And I swear to God, yeah. I, I swear this is like, well, Russell had the ball in the regular season and either by the playoffs, eh, we'll trade him or he'll be injured. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I, I really don't think they're thinking about how the playoffs are going to go. This like reminds me, do you remember when Rondo went to Dallas? Oh, and what a yeah. fucking nightmare that was. Yeah. That's what this feels like to me. It just, yeah. I don't, Russ Ball does not fit with LeBron Ball. Not today, maybe in 2010, but they it doesn't work. Yeah, I mean, I think I think they're trying to gear up for LeBron and AD missing a bunch of games. Yeah. I, I think they're I think they're trying to load manage them and they're doing what they saw Brooklyn do when they brought Harden in, where they're like, okay, well, we got our regular season guy to come in here and run the show but the only instance of load management that has really worked is the Kawhi year with the raptors and and i i'm yeah. not trying to i'm not trying to i agree with you i think that's exactly what yeah. they're doing but i'm just like man that's not the route i would take i don't know i and i'm yeah. glad they're yeah. doing it i want it to crash and burn because like it hurts me so bad because like some of my favorite people are lakers fans but like yeah. i hate the lakers it's just a very oh like oh, deep yeah, in no, my me soul too. me too man it's like yeah. i don't know how to i don't know how to like i'm like you and me we're great friends but something about me something about you makes me feel dark inside like i just <laughs> don't know how to aside from the lakers let me ask you hot take season predictions i've kept you forever so let me just let's close this out let me hot take season predictions anything interesting that you think is going to happen this year what's your um what are your Big thoughts. The Spurs will be the worst team in the league. Ooh. Okay. I yeah. like I like the sound of that. And I also think that's a very good take. I like that. Yeah. Not that you need my approval. I'm just saying I love it on all angles, man. <laughs> no, no, yeah, I, I got you. Yeah. I I think it's time. I I think they are finally realizing that they just they can't do this without a top pick anymore. Like that team looks like garbage to me. Um, I just don't get it. Follow-up question then. Does yeah. Pop coach that team in oh, even 2022? Or do you think this is the end of the road? Or do you think he's – just curious. What do you think? I, I honestly think if they truly are that bad, he might just, you know, let Becky Hammond take it over and be the executive i, I don't ooh. think he would want to Ooh, i like that else. i yeah. like that Ooh, i like that a lot i think that would work very well i love it I, well okay i hate becky hammond because she fucking coached the spurs to a goddamn summer league title over the suns i'm like really you can't even <laughs> let us have a summer league title no but she's seriously an awesome coach that mm. i think is really because R.C. Buford is going somewhere at some point. Someone is going to poach him to, yeah. you know, it's it's going to be a thing. And I know it's kind of taken a downturn the last couple of years as the Spurs haven't been good, but there's going to be, it'll just happen. That would be a really interesting thing. I I, I like that. I, yeah, I think, I think Pop wants to be in the Spurs organization until he dies. So yeah. I think he's going to find a way to do that. Yeah. yeah. I, I, well, and Becky Hammond is... I mean, she's like literally an extension of him as a coach. I mean, every time you see her, like when she's coached them in interim games and all those things, I mean, it's like, 
I'm not trying to say she's a clone of pop or something, but it's like, my God, it's like, yeah. it's like, he's out there. Like she's, she's awesome. Yeah. Um, that's that. I mean, I've long said that Becky Hammond would be the first female coach. I think that's still true. Right. I don't think there's any yeah. other candidates. I mean, there should be, there should be yeah, plenty of absolutely. other candidates, but it's wow. going to be cool when that happens because I think when people see the level of respect that the players have for Becky Hammond, I, you know that's gonna change especially in a place like texas oh yeah you yeah know I, mean? I think that's gonna yeah. and i think a lot of teams have been afraid to be the first to hire a female head coach which is you know it's ridiculous but at the same time i feel like they're looking at it and saying if this doesn't go well then people are going to blame our franchise this and I think that's a real regressive way of thinking but I can totally see these NBA owners thinking like that yeah and I backfire on us and I hate to be like this guy but like like she was mentioned for the Portland job and I was like oh don't take that job not because I don't want to see her with Dame I think that would be awesome but I envisioned the exact same thing that happened to Steven Silas she gets that job Dame gets traded, CJ gets traded, and suddenly you're in this really difficult situation where people had high expectations from you. You don't know who the owner is, all that kind of stuff. I think the Spurs would be a perfect situation, especially if they're going through a rebuild. Ownership is stable. You know what the situation is. That's kind of a perfect situation because I would really hate for the first woman who is the head coach of an NBA team to be scapegoated over some stupid bullshit and then they're like well i guess we can't hire a woman like because they're like that and i know that that's not the fault of the woman and becky shouldn't lose a job over that or whatever but i was just like man that portland situation is a fire it's about to be one i i we don't even know who's gonna own the team in three years because that situation is in flux like i always think a stable organization is good for something like that so i really would hope she got this push up so yeah yeah no definitely agree uh any job job was just not right yeah i'd be thrilled for her to get any job i just yeah that situation would be tough so yeah 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 Yeah. my friend it has been absolutely awesome to talk to you and i appreciate you so much for coming on any last thoughts about anything anything you need to plug anything like that uh nah man i just i really appreciate you having me uh it was a great time uh you can have me on anytime you want really because i'll i'll make the time oh hell yeah we're oh especially if the rockets win 30 plus games this year we're talking we're we're gonna be talking a lot so (laughs) i really appreciate you man thanks so much for coming on yeah thank you bro and that is the blunt doctor show for wednesday it is good to be back i'm glad to be back there are big things coming in the future not only on the blunt doctor show but in things that are adjacent to it so stay tuned like rate subscribe retweet all that good stuff and have a blunt for me